I was watching a movie for a few minutes last night. I was supposed to be working on my sermon, and I, my kids was watching one of them. It was called How You Train Your Dragon or something. I'm probably not getting the title exactly right, but it's about this kid who they've always killed the dragons, you know, these horrible beasts. And it turns out that thinking was all wrong, and the dragons could be their friend. It was this massive shift, huge shift, and it changed everything about their life. I was like, wow, I love this. Now, life is not a cartoon. That's a cartoon. But the thought that something radical, you guys, this is your life we're talking about today, that something radical has shifted in your perspective about how you're living life is a critical component of what we're talking about. We are talking about real life. And something has dramatically shifted. And I want you to get it. Oh, I do. It's, it's in this book. And, and so in Romans 1, and if you want to follow along in your Bible, but, but I'll tell you what, I, I, it's, it's not difficult. We're unashamed today. This is the text we're talking about. I can put the whole thing on the screen. It's unusual for me. Normally I'm taking you through big passages and not proving to you about the Greek that I love to look at, but we got to do a tiny bit of Greek today, and I'm sorry. you got to get this. So this is the whole text. Let me read it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is the theme of the letter widely. Every commentary you look at, everybody says, this is the theme. This is what he's talking about. This is what now he's going to spend a bunch of chapters proving. And you got to remember, and we looked at this last time, he's talking to Christians. He's so excited to share and be encouraged with them and to, 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 to wonder and astonishment at the gospel. And this is going to be his contribution to that astonished, sharpening, encouraging wonder. <laughs> these verses are well known. In fact, for some of you, if I went to your house, I'd find it somewhere. Really good. But it needs to hit your heart, what he's saying, and it's got to get a little personal. And, and so to me, to be unashamed, we need to move from embarrassment a bit to astonishment. So that's what we're doing. That's what I want us to look at, this sort of embarrassed thing that we kind of do what do I mean? What do you mean embarrassment? I'm not embarrassed. What do you think he's talking about? I mean, really, consider that with me, right? Consi- consider this. Let me just put the for For I am not ashamed of the God. Why would he even say that? When I was growing up, I don't know about you. I heard a lot like, this is a little push that you need to evangelize more. Don't be ashamed to go talk about Jesus to people who don't know him. But Paul's not writing to people who don't know him. He's saying something to people that know Jesus. Right? Why write that? Don't let people go to hell by keeping your mouth shut is kind of how I was taught this verse. And that's, that's not the context at all. You know what they say context is key what is this 
So remember, he's writing to fellow believers in Jesus. He's not concerned that they're not going to share their faith somehow. He's saying, here I stand and nowhere else. Here's where I stand. He's not concerned. He says, what we're prone to do isn't being timid about how to broach the subject of God being real to pagan people. What we're prone to be is functionally embarrassed about the good news. I mean, why? Why would Paul, why would you potentially be embarrassed by the good news? The gospel. I remember what he just said in his trailer, right? That the gift of Jesus Christ, that Christ has done it all, that it's finished, that he paid for us and it worked, that grace and peace is through Jesus, simply through faith, through trusting him. That's our gospel, that's the announcement. Jesus Christ and him crucified, risen from the dead forever. So why might you be functionally embarrassed? Here's one. I'm going to list a few for you. The gospel doesn't do anything. It's an announcement. Trust. There's nothing to do, Dax. You have to do something. Really, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed by that message. We're, we're meant to do stuff. I've heard that of you. Have you ever heard? The gospel's too easy. As if God would just do that. You actually think it's just trust and receive. Yeah, you know, that's why you're so weak, you know. The gospel includes the wrong people. You're saying the unclean and the uncouth, you know, like lepers, but, but not just lepers because they're poor people. Someone got infected with leprosy. We're talking people by their poor behavior has terrible circumstances that have happened to them. It's their fault. And God says they're clean. Uh-huh. That's kind of embarrassing. And then the gospel doesn't produce the right people. That's really hard. It should produce strong, healthy, wealthy, happy, good, upstanding people. And instead I have those people in church and we, we me, and I, I, I keep sinning. And I can find it in your life. I mean, look at the good people over here who, 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 who don't just trust in this statement and, and, and they actually have amazing good deeds that they do. You know what you're saying is embarrassing. I'll believe this gospel thing and I'll be excited about it if you show me that it makes people be better people. I share this sometimes with a local pastor in town, one of the churches, and he eventually left his church and became an atheist, and I was interacting with him a little bit, and I asked him why, and he said, it's because I would preach this message every week, and nobody got better. Eventually, I said, wait, it's not making people better. I don't believe in this. This is embarrassing. I added, this is embarrassing, because it fits my message. But he was really there. We functionally go there, you know. So this isn't about evangelism. This is to Christians. 
You're tempted to be embarrassed by the gospel. It's too easy. It includes the wrong people. It doesn't produce strong, righteous types for God, but, but it has all these people who keep on sinning. Yeah. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of forgiveness and not improvement. I'm not ashamed. That's why he makes the huge statement, right? I am not ashamed of the gospel. He goes on and says why. He's going to give a couple reasons why. Here's one. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Now, now, what? But that's what I'm embarrassed about, Dax. It, it's the power of God for salvation, but, but I, don't, I don't see people getting like empowered. <laughs> Do you? It doesn't seem. Yeah, that's why you really need to understand this sentence. You need to understand what he's actually saying. You need to actually get it in your heart. This is what I'm trusting in. This is why I'm not ashamed to stand up here and say the forgiveness of God is everything for you. And if you're forgiven, you've got it all. If, if you trust Jesus, he's got you from beginning to end the whole way through. All your circumstances, all your sin, all your every. Why can I actually be excitedly saying that to you? Because that's what Paul's doing. He's telling you something super important that you can receive. Astonishment. That's that's what we need. Let's move there. Okay, so for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What you what what helped help me get into this more is that when you actually look at the sentence as Paul wrote it, the thing that he brings out is and the is the power of God. I'm not ashamed. And it says, for it is. It's not even there. The power of God is is into salvation for every truster of Jesus. I want to say that again, that this is how you would think about this, because it's very true how it's translated. It's not wrong to translate it this way, but it kind of says like, well, the gospel is the power, but it doesn't seem to do a whole lot. But, but, but no, 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 no. He's not making you say, let's look at the words of the gospel and see like, if I repeat the words, that they'll be powerful to people. No, he's saying the gospel is true. This announcement of Jesus is true. Why? Because the power of God is into salvation, like a dynamite explosion into salvation for you, Every single one who trusts. It doesn't say trust and obey. Because obedience is the trust. It says trust. If you are a truster of Jesus, if you say, I hear this and receive it, God's powers, we read about that in Ephesians 1. That was our scripture reading, if you heard it, right? I just wish you would know the amount of power, the incredible dynamite strength Power, he repeats different words for power there in Ephesians 1, that God has exercised in Christ towards you. So when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, it's because the power of God has worked. That's just what it is for you. That's why I'm here. And not somewhere else just doing good things for people. 
That's, that, that, that's, that's why I proclaim to you today that your only hope is trusting this. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, my trust is that the power of God, which is what you've got to have, is exploding into salvation for you if you trust every single one who's a truster of Jesus. Rescue, deliverance, life, resurrection. It's just what it is. The announcement is that Jesus has done it. The announcement is not the power. God is the power. Oh! If you trust him, his power is this. He does it for each and every one trusting him. He, his work for you. His love for you. But I'm a really big sinner. Yeah, you are. Of course you are. You still are. You're just forgiven. And you're made new. Oh, I've tasted the power of God, Paul says, and it is only found here. Have you? Is that your testimony too? How could there be shame in that? It's the only power there is. It's no, there's no power in your behavioral change, in your personal faithfulness to your marriage, into your good parenting, into your belonging to the local good works club. That's not my hope. That's not the power. Certainly not that you're in the sort of the cool kids club. That uh, yeah, like that's not the basis for our relationship. Our all relationship is we we receive that this is the power. God's power into salvation for every believer. It's the announcement Jesus has done this for you. Embarrassed? <laughs> nah, bro. Is all there is. And incredibly, not only for the Jew who got all the promises, but also for the Greek. That's what he says, right? The pagan, the, the sweaty, dirty, born under the idol, Gentile pagan. That's the shocking thing that he's got to make sure he's going to prove the next chapter. She's like, this is incredible. It's incredible. Dare I say astonishing. No shame in that, because we're talking about the power of God. He has yelled from the cross, it is finished, and he lives for us, and we are in him. (laughs) He says, new life in me by another, and I trust it. I trust what he says. I trust what God says. I certainly don't trust the mirror. I certainly don't trust the microscope or the magnifying glass and looking closely at your motivations, at your actions, at the things you do or don't do. I trust the word of God. This is it, says Paul. Utterly astonishing. You know, you're really going to have to prove this, Paul. Yeah, that's why there's another 15 chapters of Romans. (laughs) He's not done, though, with not being ashamed. He's not done with the simple trust this and it's all done message. In his trust what Jesus says and not in yourself at all statement. There's another astonishing reason, and it's the next verse, right? But before we go there, this is this this is this verse. I wanted to write it out for you in my translation. This this would be so so see if you follow this with me. I'm not embarrassed by the gospel. Here's the first reason. Because the power of God is into salvation for every believer. Jew first and also Greek. 
Do, do you see the flow of that? Instead of the words being the power, the gospel is the message of God's power towards believers. That's what I trust in. This is really important for you and me. Why am I not ashamed? Because the power of God works for people who trust Jesus. Oh! And more than that, here's the second one. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That does not seem very shocking to us. Heard this my whole life, faith alone, you know. <laughs> Justification by faith. Right? Because, because it is. Why? Because the announcement of Jesus Christ is God and he died for your sins is, is certainly amazing. We all go, that's amazing. Jesus Christ came and he died for us. But, but, but Paul, Paul is talking why he is not ashamed of this message and the for in it is also for him. Like you don't have to say that what's being talked about here for in it, in, in the gospel, it's true, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God, but the closest referent that it could be, if you look at the sentence, is going back to the word believer. In the believer, in the Jew, in the Greek, in that person who trusts God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. And then he quotes Habakkuk, right? The righteous shall live by faith. That's Habakkuk 2.4. Doc, you're just kind of losing me. You say, I don't know that I understand what you're saying. What are you saying? I'm saying the shockingness of what Paul's saying is that God's righteousness, the righteousness not of you but of God, is revealed in you. I kind of want to call out each one of your names. The righteousness of God. The amazing wonder of, of goodness of God is revealed in you. Said, yeah, but yeah, that's why, Dax, I try and do good things so I can show the goodness of God. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying from faith, from trust, to, into trust. Well, what, what, I, I guess I need some more help to understand, you say, because you say in the believer, the righteousness of God is revealed. The gospel, yes, that the righteousness of God is yours. So it, it, you can say it's it, but you've got to understand that the righteousness of God shown in you being God's righteousness, you've got to go, I know, I know, I've got a mirror. Forget the mirror. I'm too good. What a prideful person. Let's just use a microscope on you. I'll follow you around. I'll get a heart examining thing out on you. Got to make this a hellfire and brimstone sermon, right? We got to look and see all the ways that you're not exactly who you should be. And then I got to say, well, then that's that. You got to get that better so that you're the righteousness of God. That is not even a second of what he's saying. The righteousness of God. Revealed simply by those who trust that Jesus did it and it worked. That's what he's saying. And it's, it's, it's you 
The righteousness of God revealed from faith into faith. The goodness of God is a gift to those who trust. It's not different than the gospel. This is amazing and shocking. I'm not saying anything really that isn't already, if I push you to the wall, believed by you. You would say, yeah, I'm justified by faith alone. But you're kind of embarrassed by it. I don't just think I'm justified by faith alone. It's the faith that makes me work. It's the, it's the faith that leads to obedience. It's the faith that leads to something else because the something else is the thing, you see. No. Paul says no. The goodness of God is a gift. Why are you righteous? It's because God says so, because he paid for you, because his blood covers you, because your conscience is plunged into the reality of Jesus for you, all forgiven so I get people and they kind of come in and they say, well, you know, I would really know I'm a Christian if I just saw this change or I would really trust my person that I'm in a relationship if they would change these ways. I'm saying that's fabulous. That's not a problem for you to want that. But you know, it's not Christian in the slightest. What's Christianity about? Forgiveness. Letting it go. Giving people the absolution. If you know Jesus did pay for that. He died for you and it worked. You were covered by Christ. Even though your circumstances right now, oh yeah, I get it, they're tough. You are the righteousness of God by the work of Christ. That's our, that's our cry, justified by faith alone. And, and yet this is why I'm not ashamed, says Paul, because it has always been so. This is the revelation of God's goodness. It is the believer declared good in the action of Christ. Not in your action. Trusting God is our only pathway to be good. Not trust in something else. Not trust and then me obey. Obey. You should always obey. Everyone everywhere should always obey. You should revere the Ten Commandments before you're saved, during you're saved, after you're saved. They are words from God. Do them. You just don't. Your only hope is to get forgiveness. And that God would give it to you. And Paul says, you know, this has always been the case. And first he quotes the Old Testament. That's the first from faith. That literally the Greek word that's from is the same Greek word that's used in the last line by. He's quoting. He's saying the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live from faith. Parallel statement. Because you go back to Habakkuk, and Habakkuk says, hey, the soul that exalts itself is lost, but the righteous shall live by trusting God. Life comes in trusting God. It's always been like the Old Testament prophets say so. That's it. But the new thing is for faith. That's into faith. This is the faith they didn't see. The faith in Jesus Christ. From faith, from the beginning, Abraham believed God. It was counted to him as righteousness. Do you think he knew Jesus Christ and who he was? I don't think so. God still saved him because Jesus was coming in faith, trust, this picture, it's amazing. And yet the salvation, the wonder, the thing we get is the gospel of Jesus Christ, son of God, son of, and he comes and he says, I've got you. Trusting God? Trust also in me. 
Then he died on a cross for our sin as we ran. Then, then he rose from the dead and says, I've got you, I'm interceding for you forever. Then he promised in John 14 that he went to prepare a place for you. And you say, do you trust that? Well, on a good day when I'm not sinning. No, 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 that's the point. When you are. Your hope is in him. God's righteousness revealed in you. Why? Because the behavioral actions that you're doing are not getting you God's righteousness. They're not earning you. They're not even necessarily displaying it. What? What do you mean, Swanson? I mean I can do all sorts of good things for all sorts of motives. I want a happy house. I take the garbage out. Make sure my wife doesn't get frustrated at me. That's called self-interest. You guys do anything out of self-interest? All sorts of stuff. I show up every day at my job. Oh, Dax, you're so godly. You're doing such great ministry work. No, I'm showing up because I don't get fired. And, and, and we do things, right? And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying self-interest is bad. I'm just saying it's not righteousness of God. But you get the righteousness of God. I look at you and I see someone who has the righteousness of God. Why? You trust Jesus. Jesus died for me and it worked. On my worst day, he's got me. My best day, he does too. All the way through, he does. That's the message. Astonishing. Everything old and new, through and through, the wonder of wonders, it's just simply trusting God. Trust God and do what you will. Trust in his announcement. It's called the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ has paid it all and it worked. It's astonishing. It is so not my natural inclination. My natural inclination is trust and verify. What does that mean? It means I say, okay, I'll, I'll conditionally trust you if I see the things that you do that are good. You say, I, I, you want to tell me that you believe something? Show me and I'll consider it proven. That's not faith, you know. Jesus announced it and we hear it. And the Holy Spirit in us says, I, I, I receive it. And that makes us new. Not the receiving. That Jesus has promised that he will do it. Faith doesn't save, right? We've walked through this before. Faith is in the one who saves. Jesus saves. <laughs> We've got to be there to trust that he loves us and that he's done it and that he is our everything. So, so this declaration that Paul makes is his theme for Romans. And let's join him. We are not ashamed of the gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel. For the power of God is into salvation for every single truster of the good news of Jesus. For the righteousness of God is revealed in every single truster of Jesus. Now, not, not, their, not in their sin-free lives, not in their transformed goodness, but in the trust itself that they receive the promise of God born out in Christ. That's true. 
Jesus has done this. He is the power. He is the righteousness. And by his promise, we are in him forever. I can't wait for my faith, my trust, your trust to become what it isn't yet, which is what? Sight. I can't wait to see you as you're going to be when Jesus comes. Your sin gone. These struggles gone. Your ups and downs gone. And the Son of God who adores you to show up. Say, come here, kid. I've had you the whole time. I'm not ashamed of that. That's my only hope. It's amazing. You do know this means you may not look like power exercised or goodness given. You may look like a fine piece of work. <laughs> Me too. You might see a lot of dirt in the mirror. You might see a lot of losing in the playbook. You, you might see a lot of loneliness or defeat or sin or disease or flaws. To say that Jesus declares me flawless and clean and pure and righteous and holy <laughs> and true can only be simply by trusting that he's promised it. And he has. He has done everything. He makes it so. This is a stumbling block to the Jews, Paul says. This is foolishness to the Greek, Paul says. But to you and I, who are trusting him, who are being saved, is the very power of God. Welcome home. Like Paul says in Philippians, I want to be found in him, you know, not having a righteousness of my own. I, I consider all the things I've done as garbage. Man, I'll, nothing. I, all I want is to, that I might have the righteousness that comes through trusting in Jesus. Okay, I want to show you one more thing this morning and we'll be done. But, but, but the thing is, I'm unashamed and we are unashamed. Unashamed. That's what we are unashamed to say that trusting jesus for everything is our only hope that's where we live that's ground zero no hope in looking at my reformed life no hope in looking truck man transformation is kind of a big christian keyword looking for transformation like really the goal is your transformation yeah the promise is your transformation it will occur when you see jesus as he is but you are looking for it now by sight good luck maybe Holy Spirit does cool things. But looking for my new action, anything like that, I, I, there's no astonishment for me, for you, in your behavioral altercations. I don't know why you're doing it. You mixed person? Saying, well, then I just won't. No, you do all the behavior modifications you, you, you want to do. It's fabulous. You want to be more kind? Be more kind. Do you want to love? Love. Do it all, right? That's not my hope for you. My hope is that you'll trust in what Jesus 
has said to you, which is he's got you. Start to finish. Unashamed. There's no one... No, no astonishment in my cultural conformity. No astonishment in my belonging to the new group. The, the belonging is simply the group that trusts, is the belonging. This is what is our faith. That's why Paul in Ephesians, you know, and he says there is one faith because there's one baptism, one God, one Father of all. There, there's one, there's only one. It's the group that trusts. And, and, and here's, here's what you see. There's actually three parallel statements going on in this. And if you're a, a, a note taker, I just want to make sure I touched on this. We'll pick it up next time. But there's three parallel statements. The first one is that I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Why? Well, number one reason is the power of God is for people who trust him. It's all faith. The second one is the righteousness of God. Oh, it's even seen in the people who just trust him because righteousness is by trust. And the third one is the wrath of God. That's verse 18, right? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all godliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You're not only ashamed, right, because of the power and righteousness of God. The gospel is also the answer to all that. It's the answer to the, 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 the thing that is true, that God hates sin. The wrath of God is a thing too, you know. What's my answer? Reformation and a reformed life. My answer is Jesus. So is yours. But my kid, my kid needs to reform. They need to get better. I just can't, I'm just waiting around hoping they get better because when they get better, finally they'll know Jesus. No, actually, I'm not hoping they'll get better. I'm hoping they'll trust Jesus. They'll receive the wonder of Jesus for them because that's my hope too. Only in the gospel can you and I tell the truth. We're horrible sinners, condemned in our flesh, hopeless, and yet we have the only answer that's possible goodness and power of jesus christ to save the ungodly we get a new life by trust that he does it oh it's just so amazing so we'll hit that this is the the flavor i'm unashamed of the good news because of the power of god because of the righteousness of god because of the wrath of god those things are all real and so as we end today This is not a cartoon. This is not a concept to just sort of think about in our heads. This is my life. This is your life. And we are about the very power of God. The very goodness of God. The very wrath of God. These are real things. And our trust for our lives is in the one who's the answer. The good news of Jesus Christ for you. It's so amazing. We, 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 we never get over this. We never get past this. We never leave the cross and go on to bigger and better things. Let's go build a kingdom out there. No, you don't do that. You stay at the cross and say, Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. Use me as you will. And then, and then we bear tons of fruit everywhere, but we stay right there. And if you don't know this, Jesus, would you please, please come talk to me? It's real. It's the only hope we have. And we will stand here unashamed long as we stand let's pray father thank you for what you've done for us the community that you've built 
around this trust of your Savior. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for what you've done. And Lord, help us to not be ashamed of the simple trust in the promises of Jesus. Thank you for the actual blood that's been shed. Thank you for the actual purity that's been given. Thank you for the righteousness and the power, even the wrath, God, that opens our eyes to our need for you and help us to stand on the actual foundation we have, you, forever. Amen.